My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the only podcast that brings you content with the professionalism and consistency of an AFL team. Unfortunately, mm. that AFL team is Hawthorne without James Sicily. <laughs> this is The Back Pocket. My name is Jack and I am joined, as always, by the world's number one Alex Murkoff fan, Alistair. Oh, that is me. No, <laughs> it's definitely not me. <laughs> it might be. Ah, uh, poor lad. I think he's out with a heart problem for the rest a of the year. A heart problem? Yeah. Don't tell the COVID conspiracy theorists. They'll be no. all over it. No, I don't think it's anything like that, but hopefully he's good for next he's, season. He's too big. He's probably what it is. Yeah. Hard to pump up that much blood. It's true. He's, what is he, the second tallest player on mm, a list? Like 210 or something centimetres? Yeah, ridiculous. Too many anyway, centimetres. What a weird Behind intro. Mate Kalina. Good old Kalina. Sounds like a brand of cleaning product or cat food. I'm not sure which one. Dog food, for sure. Mate Kalina. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Feed your best friend, Mate Kalina. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Mate Kalina. Who was your first vote? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, my one vote goes to Keaton Coleman. Fair enough. From the Brisbane Lions, the, the playing Bris- at halfback. The Brisbane Lions. Uh, on the weekend, uh, I think he's taken Rich's spot entirely. I'm not sure Rich will be back this year. That's why you don't drop yourself, kids. Um, did he drop himself? Or was uh, Gunston? No, that and- was the original. Yeah, it was Rich and Gunston, but then it turned out that they didn't actually drop themselves. It was like a... They had a discussion. But yeah, he was going oh. to. All right, anyway, 23 disposals, 10 marks, 7 intercepts, 4 one percenters, 4 rebound 50s. It's pretty average, but 606 metres gained and looked like he was everywhere for them. Really gave them the drive off half back. Uh, obviously, they slaughtered Richmond, um, so maybe it's maybe a bit inflated, um, yeah. but he played really well and I'm happy to give him one. The games this weekend were either beltings or really hard to watch, so I kind of get where you're coming from. It's like tough. It's hard to... Um, yeah, do, do much better than that. But, yeah, no, I totally get that. Uh, my one was to Tom Brass. Uh, I thought he was really good. He had uh, nine spoils and four defensive half pressure acts, but as well as I had 20 touches, seven of those contested, nine intercepts, 14 marks, five intercepts and three contested. Really ran the back line again. I thought Hearn was also really good. Um, but, yeah, Tom Brass, nice to have him back in the boats. I think it's the third time he's been mentioned this year, but obviously not as big as he was last year. I feel like they're just getting smacked too hard for us to be giving him votes. Um like, and obviously I'll spoil an honourable mention here, I thought Nick Floston was best on ground for Richmond, um, but he doesn't get a vote for me because they just got pumped yep, too hard. he was in my special mentions for um, the same reason. And maybe we were a bit lenient on West Coast last year. They weren't losing as badly, but Brass was far and away one of the best last year. Yeah, totally um, agree. My two goes to Jacob Wiedering. Uh Again. Jacob Wiedering was my four. Uh, your four? Okay, yep. wow. Uh, he is playing spectacularly without Young in the back line. Um, and I know Young was in the team uh, playing Ruck. Uh, but 17 disposals, 9 marks, 9 intercepts, 4 rebound 50s, 3 one percenters. I don't know it's contested one-on-ones. I'm sure you have that. Yeah, um, I, I do. <laughs> you don't? Um, I, look, I, I had him lower because of, I gave a bit of a tax for the belting, and then yeah. I went, it was just such a good game. Uh, he had three spoils, like you said, won six out of six of his contested yeah. one-on-ones, six pressure acts. Um, Hawthorne only had six less inside 50s than Carlton, but had 12 less marks inside 50s. So I think it just shows that 
Um, he played such a, a man game that even when he wasn't getting the spoils or marks, it, they couldn't do anything with the football. Definitely a special shout-out to Nick Newman coming back in yeah, um, was really alongside Brodie Kemp, continuing good form. But, yeah, I think Mitch Lewis ended with two goals in the end, but they weren't Wiedering's fault at all. Um, yeah. Um, no, he was he was really good. I think they were both from – were they both from the freak um, – Oh, those kicks inside 50. Who was it? Um, Wingard. Wingard, Wingard moments. Yeah. Just Yeah, either way. Um, yeah, it was one Wingard moment on the wing and then one in the pocket. Yeah, neither can go against Wiedering on that one. Um, but yeah, I think he's been in much, much better form recently. I think totally his combination great. with Kemp works really well. So yeah, hopefully he continues his form. Um, my two this week was to Nick Blakey. Um, he played through one of the biggest, a couple of the biggest legal hits we've seen this year. Um, that both, is true. Both of them were very clean, and both times I thought he was going to go off and get subbed out. I can, I couldn't believe both he kept going. When he ran into Duncan, I thought he was done. Yeah. And then the one on Stewart was even bigger, and he just kept going. Um, I feel like for mine... And it was 29 disposals. Yeah, I feel like for mine, he played a bit too much wing. Yep, okay, um, I get you. That's why I don't have him in my votes or my mentions, but he's great. Um, we, we've had eight, him on the pod before, so... Eight spoils, five defensive, five pressure acts, um, and then yeah. obviously five score involvements as well. Not like on the pod. I just like, thought... <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, put him in the votes for I'd, I'd like to have him on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought he was really good. Uh, so, yeah, Blakey was my... Three, two? Two? Two. You know I like the lizard, so no, no arguments here. Um, my three goes to someone who normally I don't consider a defender. Mm-hmm. So my three votes goes to Dan Houston. Um, oh, a couple of weeks ago, it was the other round. Yeah, a bit hard not to give him votes when he plays that way. Um, yeah, so I didn't this week, so I guess this makes up for the one you yeah, didn't. Um, yeah. yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? Uh, um, I, I feel like he did get some forward half possessions, but they were mostly intercepts and from a, being pushed and up and so far. Goal. That helps. I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> It's, what a moment, man! I had to—I literally was peeking out from between Incredible. my fingers. What a, what a finish to that game! Um, um, Thirteen intercepts, four hundred fifty-four meters gained, a couple of rebound fifties, thirty-two disposals. He's just continuing really good form, and uh, yeah, I guess that is an equalizer. Um, you have to do your three. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't yeah. know where you were going with the um. Yeah, I was uh, trying to remember which one you did. Yeah, my my three was Tom Stewart. Um, Fair enough. Had twenty-five and eighty-five percent. Uh, round high, 12 rebound 50s um, for the competition. Uh, 631 metres gained. And then I put a game-saving asterisk tackle because mm. if he hadn't done it, they would have lost, but they yeah. didn't win. Um, and then 10 defensive half pressure acts and four tackles. Um, it was a real gritty performance from him. I think the game really suited him. Um, it was very hard and physical and very gritty, and he kind of loves that. So You gave two people from probably from the worst game yeah. on the weekend. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a very <laughs> defensive game of football. Um, um. I'd well, I think, I think what made it so bad was the forward efficiency rather than the defensive and midfield run. Like, both teams were getting it in there and then just completely crapping the bed once it got there. So, hard game to watch. I don't have him even in my special mentions. My Geelong special mention is Sam DeConing. Sam um, DeConing. I had Jack Henry in there as well. I yeah, both really I good. think Sam DeConing is the best defender I think they, they have. they have the two best intercepts on the ground as well. Um, and I think it's insane to be playing Radigalia in the same side as DeConing. One or the other. I had in my both. notes to mention later. Um, but you've brought it up with Radicalia. We'll the go back over that, it later. We the verdict is in that he can't be in the side when they're all fully fit. Um, they looked so much more comfortable and structurally sound as soon as he went off in that game. They built up better behind the ball. Um, and we should have seen the writing on the wall as soon as Mason Cox said he was going to be All-Australian because that man has the worst takes <laughs> in the game. Um, well, we can't, I can't really... Uh, I can, in a way, because it is due to his lack of defensive nous. When, when Tom Stewart was just abusing him inside 50 because <laughs> he was just wandering around at the arc... Uh, I was <laughs> so many times he left his man behind, um, yep. but it's he needs to be playing on a man, and he didn't yes. have a man. 
Yeah. Um, and you can't. I think having De Kooning and him in the team together doesn't work. That's exactly the problem. One or right? the other. Um, you can't have that, especially with Colodagny there as well, who also takes a man. Henry can if needed, so he's got a very hybrid role. Yep. Um, there's just so too I many. I would much rather have Henry as my interceptor. Too many marking and spoiling defenders if you've got him in there. So. Yeah. Uh, your four, because I've uh, done my four. We had never been mentioned on the show ever before. Uh, Mitch Hinge. Yeah, I really liked his game as well. He got a special mention from me, but I did really like his game. Um, when I looked at the stats, I went, yeah, he need, no, he needs to be in. Yeah. Um, um, 26 disposals, 10 I think 10 I, marks. I joked to you about it. I said he kicked a point. Get back up the other end. At one point. He kicked a goal. He kicked a goal. He kicked a goal as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 26 disposals, 10 marks, 12 intercepts, 668 metres gain, 9 rebound 50s. It's a pretty good performance. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, never mentioned, four votes. Uh, maybe we'll see more. On you, Mitch Hinge. We've got an array of... Adelaide players get votes this year. I've really enjoyed that. It's been mm. a nice spread. Um, so then you're five. I guess straight into it if you want to. Yeah, sure. Nick Haynes. Okay. I went. I had Nick Haynes in my votes all week. And I changed it to his fellow key defender in Sam Taylor. All right. Um, but if you want to run through. GWS 10. But yep, two different 10, players. 10 GWS. Uh, 21 disposals, 8 marks, 13 intercept possessions, 525 metres gained, 7 rebound, 50s, 6 one percenters, 11 pressure acts. It was a pretty good game. Uh, it's astounding. Uh, <laughs> Sam Taylor. 18 spoils, 19 pressure acts, yeah, 8 tackles it. as a key yeah. defender. Uh, only one mark. It was in the wet, but it was an intercept contested mark. Uh, those two were massive. Yeah. Uh, I know Melbourne's forward line isn't that great, but you still Pretty, have to stop it. Yeah. And they did a really good job of making it as hard for them as possible. There's something so funny about teams selling games to inter- interstate and then losing to a team way below them all yeah. Uh, Melbourne's done it twice this year. Adelaide did it as well. And Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldogs as well. Stop doing it. Stop it. It's silly. It is silly. I understand it from a money perspective, but if you're serious about winning the flag, don't do it. It, it could have cost Melbourne a top four spot. Yep. Um, they they would, are right they back in the pack now. separation on the rest of those teams that won that. And instead, now Bulldogs can worm their way there's in. Only what, what, but even then, it's only a game and a half from them to like ninth mm. now. So mm. it was a weird choice for them to make. Uh, but here we are again. Uh, Melbourne. Uh yeah, it was a uh, – Melbourne's forward line, I read a stat somewhere. I don't know if it was on Twitter or not. Um, over the last however many weeks, five maybe, they were the 17th worst for scores. That's insane, um, yeah. Which is not indicative of a top four No, side. exactly. You, you've got to have that balance, yeah. right? Um, and they have the defence down pat. We've talked about this a lot. Oh, I think their defence has, on, on its day, is the best in the league with Collingwood. Yep. Um, and the forward line does not have the firepower to compete. I think Ben Brown was back this week. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I know what their the solution answer. is. Um, it's, they, it's not Wiedemann. They, uh, well, Wiedemann's gone. Other around, yeah. He's, he's, he's gone SN. Um, ben Ruin looks good in patches. He's yeah. not mature he's enough yet. He's still young. Um, it's not McDonald. Um, it's not Petty. Stop it's, putting it's him there. It's not Petty. He's a brilliant defender, one of the best going around. Their forward um, line really is made up of Fritch, who went off, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Pickett, who's off and on as well. Yes. Um, um, and obviously, Richard's great, but how much do you expect a third tour to do um, every week? Do you think they have the salary cap space to bring in a big forward in the offseason? I don't know. Uh, I think between Oliver, Petrarca, Gorn, and Grundy, they're spending a lot of money. Uh, Lever and May are also. Some of that Grundy money is from Collingwood. Lever, especially. Lever and May are getting paid a lot of money, Lever, especially. So, yeah. Did you mention Viney or Salem? No, exactly. So they've got a lot of highly paid players there. And if they're, and not, like paying, it, if they're not paying Fritch and Pickett a lot, they should be. It worked really well for them, in the, obviously, in their flag year with a balance of really underpaid players and really overpaid players. But it does mean that they probably don't have much room to bring in another star uh, unless they trade one out, which is always an option, of course. Uh, but who would they trade out? 
I mean, they did lose Hunter off the books, but I doubt that. Oh, no, sorry, other way. They gained Hunter. They gained Hunter. They lost. Hunt. Hunt. Close. Hunt. Uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only had two special mentions this week that we hadn't already mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was Luke Ryan and Aaliyah Aaliyah. Uh, I thought Luke Ryan's first half especially was really good, but then he kind of fizzled out of that game, um, whereas Aaliyah is good pretty much every week. Um, I, I might as well just pencil them in every week for at least votes or special mentions, but I've got Darcy Moore and Isaac Quainel. Isaac Quainel, yep, I thought he'd be there. <laughs> Who would have picked West Coast and Kilda to be almost the actual best game of the round? Uh, Not me. Shocking. Not uh, surprising because St Kilda can't score. But. Yeah, I, I, I said through the week, I was like, well, they can, I even said it to our mate at one point, uh, hi Tim, um, that I didn't see West Coast losing by that much this week because St Kilda don't win by that much. They don't have that ability to score, but... For most of that game, I thought West Coast were going to win. Even at the end, when it was you know one goal and two points and that kind of thing, St Kilda were just really struggling, um, and West Coast were matching them pretty much mm-hmm. everywhere on the ground. It was almost frustrating to see how well they could play, even with some serious stars missing, because where has that been for the last 10 weeks? Mm-hmm. They matched them for effort and intensity all game. Um, I, I think the pressure meter is silly, but it, it obviously is a bit indicator that they were off they the charts in the first half. Yeah, at one point. So uh, it means I've got something to work with, which is promising for them, I guess. It's about backing up the effort. It's about where has that been before um, and can they keep it going? I, and obviously St Kilda are in a good spot with their ladder position right now, but I think it might just be down to the fact that St Kilda's not as good as people think they are. No, and I've been saying that um, not very loudly, but definitely amongst (laughs) us for a while. Like I I don't think St Kilda are very good. I thought um, even before the West Coast game, I said to someone as a joke, because they said that they will definitely make the top eight because they play five of the bottom six sides. And I said, well, they're, they're a chance of losing three of those. And this was not one of the three that I <laughs> said they were a chance of losing. Um, look, I, I think they will make the eight, but I also think that whoever gets them will be happier than playing anyone else that's currently mm-hmm. in the top eight. It's it's like the opposite of having a, you know, if Geelong, Sydney or Richmond sink in, the team who plays them will be worried because on their day they could come out firing. Yeah. Whereas I think it's the opposite scenario for whoever cops and Kilda. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. They could pull it together. But it, it's looking a lot like last year in a lot of respects. Uh, and it makes it really funny that they sacked a coach for doing last year what they did this year. Yeah. Um, They're doing slightly better this year, I think. They are, but they've also had an easier draw because of where they finished mm, last year. True. Um, and I, I think they're another one of the teams against West Coast. Do they, have they already played them? Don't no, but they haven't got them once. doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the latter, uh, <laughs> I was saying at Wood in the Shopping the other day when that West Coast and Kilda game was on, um, and I said to Veth, I said that every week I feel like I come on the podcast and I say, I've expected the latter to make more sense and it makes less sense. And here we are again, um, first and second, great gap on third, good. And then fourth down to about what 14th mm-hmm. is like two and a half games. Yeah. And it was just round 16. I, I, Wild. It's great for... It's really opened up, especially for the teams in the lower half with better percentages like Sydney, and uh, Geelong, and even, weirdly, well, Carlton. And now Geelong, Sydney, and Carlton in the same realm on points with that draw. Yeah. Um, Richmond's percentage is really hurting them now. Yeah, um, Brisbane smashed that. Yeah. Kind of smashed their final chances away. It's crazy. Um, whereas those teams that have had that big win, and Richmond didn't get that against West Coast. They only beat them by four or five goals. Um, and that's really hurt their, their percentage and now chances of playing finals. They've got them again. Do they? Um, yeah. But it's here, isn't it? It's here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, GWS are only one game out of the eight, uh, mm-hmm. and that's one game out of seventh. Huge win from them. Geelong are half a game behind seventh, uh, and that makes Carlton two and a half games out of seventh. It's yep. wild. And then Melbourne only one game out of that. 
um, a lot could happen between here and the end of the year because a lot of those teams are looking very similar in form. Um, the one this weekend is St Kilda versus Essendon, which is fascinating in the sense that Essendon's only beaten one team in the top half of the ladder, and that was Melbourne in Gather Round, which is a weird anomaly. Yeah. And Adelaide have only beaten one team outside of Adelaide, and that's Hawthorne. Uh, so it's in Melbourne, which puts it against Adelaide's favour, but it's against a top eight side, which puts it against Essendon's favour. So, uh, I don't know why it puts it against Adelaide's favour if they're playing St Kilda. No, they're playing Essendon. St Kilda are playing Essendon. Adelaide. You just said St Kilda are playing Essendon. No, Adelaide I'm... and Essendon is what the game I'm most interested in this Rewind. weekend because Adelaide have only beaten one team outside of Adelaide and it's Hawthorne. I lost Essendon my phone only... somehow. <laughs> Essendon have only beaten one team inside the top nine and it's Melbourne, but it was Gather Round. Um, so those two playing at Marvel is a fascinating matchup for me, and it's a, it, it really could mean... That's which, right. It's the only game that Adelaide are playing at Marvel all year. All year. Um, and it really could be who makes the eight out of those two. Um, um, you'd think game. based on form, even though Essendon played well against Port, I think Adelaide would have that. Yeah, but they also lost to Gold Coast by about 120 points two weeks ago. Adelaide got murdered by Gold Coast two weeks ago, the last time they left Adelaide. Remember that happening? Did that actually happen? Yeah, that sounds made up. Might have been a bit longer ago than that. Uh, Gold Coast was only twenty-five points. Felt it more was than in that. Darwin. Um, last time, last time left Adelaide. Yeah, so I don't count Darwin. Um, it's weird. <laughs> well, Gold Coast sold that one, and unlike Melbourne, they lost. They won both they of won. their sold games yeah. up there. Then they um, came back to uh, and got pumped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, Adelaide almost should have beaten Collingwood a few weeks ago. I'd say uh, they should have. And then, but Essendon should have beaten the next best team. I don't, know, if they, I don't know about that. They kicked the winning goal and then they didn't. But Yeah, so they didn't win. <laughs> you know that Adelaide, but they, you know, they looked like they A team that, that was better wouldn't have pumped the ball like that outside 50 to, a, like, to, to an intercept marker. I saw a thread that I was like, why is that there? I didn't click on it, but I realised about 20 minutes later that's why it was there. It said... Pump kicks out of defensive 50 thoughts on Big Footy. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder why that's there. And then about 10 minutes later, I went, oh, that's why it's yeah. there. Yeah. It's the deaths, don't do that. The best threat on Big Footy right now, it's been there for a few weeks, is Collingwood three-peat, question mark? They haven't won one yet. <laughs> they are in very good form. They're though. in great form, and they should be massive favourites currently. Um, they are. They, yeah, I know they are, but like, they should be, right? They're, they're playing the, um, the best football in the comp. But I... I a two-peat is hard enough. Yeah. A three-peat, One's hard enough, even in a good year. Like, no one, when Hawthorne won their first of the three, thought, thought they, they were doing three, three in a row. No. Absolutely um, not. Richmond, when Richmond, Richmond won their first, the no one. one thought they were doing no. multiple. And then the next year was the year everyone thought they looked best in, yeah. and they couldn't couldn't get past Mason Cox. All it would take for Collingwood to slide right down would be key post injuries. If, and, if Moore and... Uh, say Moore and Myercheck went down. Yep. That would absolutely looked, ruin them. Yep. They looked... They look much worse without Goey or anyway. Yeah. They, they, they were playing such better footy with him in the middle. Um, but, yeah, it, it only takes a little bit to mm-hmm. knock a season over completely. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, finals always serves up different to what we'll expect. I mean, even look at uh, a good Geelong side losing Tom Stewart two years ago. Obviously yep. not the flag winning team. Made a huge team, difference. But totally uh, uprooted their plans. Whenever May or Lever are missing for Melbourne. Um, like, when someone that Geelong, important is gone. Geelong missing Tom Hawkins in that prelim. Yep. 
Um, it, it just makes a massive difference. And that's probably Tom Wilkins' fault for punching Schofield in the back you of the can't, head. But you can't predict a three-peat. No. And they're so hard to, and just personnel changes and other teams rising up. Who would have thought that Geelong and Collingwood would be the two teams last year? Like, it was just 2020 when fucking Port Adelaide never left top on the ladder? They no, were top for the I entire year? Yeah. Where's their three-peat? It's been three years. They bottomed out and came back up? Um, yeah, no, you can't even... I, I, it's weird. It's silly. Um, Big footy I, is a, a hive of scum and villainy. There's not much you can do about it. It's, it's funny. Um, I feel like I go on there a lot less these days because I'm busier. Because you're annoyed with Jack Flash. Yeah, I know you're listening to <laughs> Jack Flash. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I saw him come out and say some something about you know being confident in Geelong and I was like, you? Are you sure? <laughs> Lose by 60 to Melbourne. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Oh, poor big footy poster. It's being attacked for no reason. For <laughs> some reason. Um, so? So what? Do you think? No. Well, how many teams do you think will drop out of the eight? Oh. And if so, who do you think will make it? St Kilda's out. St Kilda's out? I think. I think St Kilda and Essendon will... Uh, ideally, I think only one of those two will drop out. Yeah. I think St Kilda probably hold on. Yeah, because of their draw. Um, Essendon have an easy draw too, but I'm I'm still not personally convinced. Um, and the only team I can see going in truthfully is Geelong. Yeah. Um, GWS can turn things around, but I doubt it. Their best is very good, but their worst. Fremantle up and down. Gold Coast not happening. No. Sydney have to be a perfect run, but yep. possible. Carlton left it too late. Richmond no. Obviously Hawthorne Northwest Coast no. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. I'll go. The hardest part of Geelong's draw um, has already started, basically, yeah. included Melbourne and then Sydney at the SCG. Um, and then they've got Collingwood at the MCG. They've got Brisbane in Brisbane. And they've got Port in Geelong. They're their hardest games the rest of the year. Um, I'll try and find... If you want to grab GWS's draw, I'll grab Sydney's. I like that the, the ladder predictor updates with each round as you go and keeps your picks. Yeah, yeah. So technically... Good. I'm lying because my ladder predictor has Essendon staying and St Kilda dropping out. Oh, okay. Um, however, I didn't take into account, or well, obviously doesn't take into account the GWS are playing a bit better than they should be. Yeah. So, um, Richmond Sydney this week is hugely interesting. Um, I, I think Sydney for me, um, but yeah, Sydney have the Bulldogs, Essendon in Melbourne, Adelaide in Adelaide and Melbourne at the SCG are all huge games for their season. Uh, so if they can get two of those three or four, um, then they're a good chance of making it. But yeah, like you say, most of those teams have to have the best possible run because that gap to sixth is obviously now two and a half games for a lot of them. So it's hard, but I mean, if all the way down to Richmond can make it, which is can, bizarre. Won't. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say Carlton and Richmond would have to win probably all but one game for the rest of the year to slide in there, and even then they'd be lucky. Really tough for Carlton when um, they've got Port and Collingwood to come. Yeah, and I think Richmond have a similarly difficult draw for the rest of the year, and no Tom Lynch, they're pretty much confirmed now. Mm. Um, in Geelong's favour is the fact that uh, Cameron Guthrie was out of a moon boot yesterday, um, and they're expecting him to be back in about three or four weeks. Mm. So if they do make finals, that's needed because their midfield doesn't cut it currently. Yeah, but we've seen how he and Patrick Dane have been yeah, going they, together recently. It's not been as good. They do clash. Last year when one of them was out, the other one was often better. Yeah, so, and it's usually um, to Guthrie's detriment. Yeah, so Richmond, I've already said, have Sydney. Um, they've got Melbourne, Bulldogs, St Kilda, and Port in Adelaide. Mm. So I think Richmond, we can 
I am ruling them out. Yeah, I definitely nix that. I mean, that, I'm ruling out Carlton. The too. chances of them Let's winning. Be totally honest. I, you know, chances of them not dropping more than two of those games is very low, and they'd have to probably win all of them or only lose one. So, who knows? But it's been a fascinating season. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Do you think it's while frustrated? Obviously. It's a lot of time teams in the middle that are dropping games they shouldn't, but everyone's getting those bonus wins because of those bottom three sides. And Hawthorne have turned their season around a little bit. So yeah. It's, Hard to include them, but they're still getting... They've lost... Uh, what was it? I think they've lost six or seven games by 80-plus. Mm-hmm. North have only lost four by 80-plus, so... And North's a shame, because they looked so promising at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously really dropped off. Always. It was it was never going to hold up. No, and obviously those games were against a dismal Fremantle, and arguably that was deliberate, and Fremantle should have had a shot on goal, which would have at least leveled the score. And they were lucky to get over West Coast, like really lucky. Um, they play again in two weeks, three yeah. weeks. In Perth instead of yeah. um, Tasmania, I think the first one was. So um, that'll be interesting if West Coast can keep some spirit. Um, but and if they get within ten goals of Brisbane, I think that's even good. Yeah, Brisbane are at home say, terrifying currently. Let's say Brisbane don't smash them off the park. Let's yeah. say Brisbane win by let's say ten goals. Yeah, but then they come back to Perth and get pumped by North Melbourne. Well, oh, that'd be. I don't know how you'd look at that, right? Because then how do you weigh out the performance against St Kilda? It's so... It, I don't understand what's going on with them, but I hope they do better. It, because I look at... You, you lose by 170 points, and then Kelly and Yo go out of your team, and then you almost win. Like you, Arguably, your sometimes, two best mids leave. Sometimes relying on youth can do wonders. It can, um, but it was Gaff and Shuey who were playing, you know, and Barras and her. I thought Hewitt played really well. I thought Hewitt was really good. That is true. Um, um, and I thought Long and Marich were also Long really was good. I was trying to think of. Marich was good. Um, uh, and I thought that Williams was probably one of his best games. Um, I say that weekly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have very much said that we are a fan of Big Bad Bailey Williams on um, this podcast. Yeah, who um, did you who you call um, Big Bad Bailey Humphrey? Yeah, you said that recently, and I was so unhappy with it. Belongs to Bailey Williams this year. Yeah, well, I feel like you have to say Big Bad Bailey Williams to differentiate him from Small Tired Bailey Williams. <laughs> um, that boy looks sleepy uh, at all times. I would be sleepy if I had to listen to Crazy Bailey. Bevo, quoting Che Guevara at you during the preseason, <laughs> big mo with little soul patch underneath it. Pass. Um, <laughs> the other one who looks tired, like. Jai Amos looks like he has been starved yeah. and not slept for I'm a week before a game. I'm convinced he might be a vampire. Yeah, I, I wonder. Maybe we should check his night performances versus day performances. <laughs> um, he, he has to be a real close shout for the Rising Stars. He's going to kick more goals than Jesse Hogan did in the year he won and, the Rising Stars. And, Star. and more than Star. Machido Owens, who is everyone's favourite. Mm. He's averaging two goals a game just about for Frio, yep. and they're not doing well. He's getting his like, really good spots. St Kilda um, have been beating teams far more often than Fremantle have, and Amos is doing better than Owen. So and obviously Melbourne centric doesn't help with media online and the, the rising star voters won't be as sucked into Does that. Melbourne centric apply to St Kilda? <laughs> it's under their noses. It's at Marvel, which the AFL owns. I guess. Um, I, th- I think Wardlaw um, fell apart. We, we thought he was going well. He was probably not playing well enough, but for me, it's Ashcroft. I think in a good team, I think Ashcroft is the winner in he's my play- eyes. He's ball winning, which is the difference for me. Ashcroft is getting, he was seriously Good for them in that first half on the weekend as they pulled away from Richmond. I don't rate Owens as highly as everyone's saying. No, I, I think I, he's good, but I think I'd, I'd have him maybe fourth or fifth. Yeah. Um. It it also doesn't help that he had to take a passenger seat when King came back. Yeah. I think he was the focus when both King and Membry were injured, 
Um, and then Kings come back in and... I even probably have McElhaney ahead of him from Adelaide. I really like... Well, I mean, you know, Defender podcast, so... You know, we're going to be pumping him. Um, and, and Sheasel, people will just have fallen off of, despite the fact that... He's still good. Dacos was pretty much unanimous last year and Sheasel's playing a similar role in a worse team. It um, is strange. Um, and I wonder if Sheasel will do the exact same thing Dacos has done this and, year. And become a penetrating player instead of a, yeah. just a ball winner, a uh, ball getter, a receiver. Mm. Um... I, I think he, there's a good chance he will. We saw him play out forward in that game against Sydney that they should have won without the bench debacle, and he looked really good on the wing oh, on the forward don't flank. Don't remind me. That's still, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> I forgot about it then much. until I just said Chisel's name because I remember watching it. at <sighs> the. I was walking into Perth Stadium, and it was on the big screen at the side, and I was like, oh, we'll just, we'll just watch this for a second. And I'm like, what is going on? It's one of the strangest things I've seen in a um, Yeah, if anyone wants to accuse anyone of tanking, I feel like that's the moment. Lily is an Hawthorne because they've tried way too hard in way too many games this year to be accused of tanking. All right, now's the time of the podcast where we talk about cricket instead of football. Is it? All right. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I've watched more cricket than yeah. I have football. <laughs> <It's more fun. laughs> it goes for longer. It's easy to watch more of it. Um, yeah, I'm convinced that's why my eyes fucked, because I'm just staring at a screen watching cricket. Australia are cheats. Those old men did nothing wrong. I can't believe that Australia would do this to the spirit of cricket. I, I, can't, I can't believe that at Lords <laughs> they would... In, How dare. That, uh, they would play by a rule written by the very people who are members of Lords. How dare Kawaja talk back to those men? So they they invented the game. <laughs> <laughs> Bricklesby, McDonoughan. Yeah, the, the subcontinent may have improved it far beyond our reach <laughs> to a level that they have more money and more access to the game than we could have ever dreamt of. But they, those crusty old white men invented it. Um, Young Johnny Bairstow. Uh, I do think that <laughs> it's reached a point where... It's such a media beat up. Do, to, we, have, hold on, do we have to say that was a little sarcasm? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to point out, um, that was a stumping. Slash uh, S. He threw it before he left his crease. Like, turn around and look before you leave your crease. Wicket keeper. You get taught that at like 12. He's maybe? a wicket keeper. He threatened Head with it. Apparently, Head went out today and said he threatened it with him in the same test. And Head turned around, put his bat back in. He said, Would you have knocked it over if I was out? And he said, Bloody oath, and ran off. Yes. So um, it's, I think for me, they're doing a very clever media beat up to distract yeah. from the fact that they're. 2-0 down in the home ashes, and realistically lost both games... Because of basketball. Because of their own stupidity, right? Like, ha- they were one for 180 in mm. the first innings and collapsed to be down by 100 at the break. Uh, in the first test, they couldn't get out Cummins and Lyon for, like, 20 overs that lost them the game. Without Stokes in this test, playing mm-hmm. an absolute poke-the-bear type innings, they would have lost by 100 again. And... Like this, this is such such a distraction from how poorly they're doing to point fingers elsewhere and spirit of the game and everything like that. And I, I told you I was reading that article finally by Barney, Barney Ronay today, mm. where he's talking about it being a cult. And it was really interesting how he just kept highlighting like all of these things that are in this like textbook of like you might be in a cult. And he's like, and it's not saying that they like made it a cult on purpose. Like cults spring up all the time by accident. But like when you're like just fervently believing in what your charismatic figurehead has to say and saying everyone on the outside is wrong and this way is the only way. And also if you see yourself as a saviour of something, which is very much the whole thing with Basball, like maybe look at what you're doing. And he said the funniest part was when he posted that article, millions of angry blind responses and he yeah. was like, I, I, like nothing could be more proof yeah. than just hundreds of people yelling at him online for questioning Basball, especially as a British sports writer. Um it will be interesting. I, I think they are a very good team and they could still win this series, but it's not looking like they will. It's just insane to me that 
Obviously, I'm not a cricket fan, but it's insane to me that they believe they've just invented attacking style. Yeah, cricket. and losing with it. Um, <laughs> um, I I think there's every chance that they come around in this third test and bat and bowl with the fire yeah, for like, sure. Um, um, also worth mentioning, Nathan Lyon was missing from both bowling. Yes, the, just about the best bowler in the world. Um, but yeah, it's it's so funny. I, I also wonder if um, since he's such a stickler for the rules now, if Stuart Broad wants his 169 removed from the game that four Pakistani bowlers got arrested and put in prison for match fixing. He said, it um, was, he said that this was the worst thing he's ever yeah, seen on a cricket yeah, field. Not to mention, yeah, he saw four <laughs> blokes get put in prison for deliberately bowling no balls to him as he made 169 runs. Um, I, I think that might be worse, maybe. Maybe, nah. Spirit um, of cricket was fine that day. Yeah, it was okay. Um, spirit of cricket only matters when... Spirit, spirit of cricket means to... England sad. <laughs> Because it's like the um, the Holy Spirit of cricket. Like, it's just a bunch mm. of white old ghosts hiding in the corner being really upset. Um, it's good. I, I love a bit of outcry. It's like in footy when every now and then, you know, a bunch of crusty old people like Robert Shaw will come out and say they hate something. And I'm like, oh, something's going good. That's okay. That's probably fine. There was a fucking Gary Lyon going off about someone taunting someone the other day. Oh, no, it was, it, was, um, it was actually, no, it was old mate we actually like, um, Dunstall. I was done still. Yeah, and I was like... Sorry, I just automatically assumed it was someone I didn't have been like. Taunted. But also, when Mason Cox does it, it's funny. When Eric Hipwood does it against the spirit of the game, you yeah. knock him out. What did he say? Chin him. Chin him. He said chin him in this like concussion Dunstall. era. Don't use that term. Especially, and like, I don't want to like... Someone could be like, hey, mate, like, weren't you just on the ground for Spud's game like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Like, Maybe bring that language back a little bit. Yeah. That's the same as when, um, to bring back to the cricket, like Nathan Lyon's comments immediately, like mm-hmm. I watched one of my best friends die on the cricket field. I'm not going out there to get concussed. Um, yeah, it's it was such a weird, for someone who seemed to have evolved quite well post-macho wankery game, it was a weird comment from Dunstall it to is, like revert straight back to form of, you know, just chin him. Like, if... Brisbane go up to the Gabba where they've had a bit of a rivalry with Brisbane and Brisbane pumped them by 80, regardless of whether they're missing Lynch and Martin or whatever. And as a, as a Geelong fan... Go off. In similar note, I would expect them to do it to Geelong as well. Like, there's been enough heat there in the last few years that yeah. they'd want to say something because they've beaten Brisbane in some important moments for Brisbane, um, especially at the Gabba. I was thinking that one where, was it McCarthy who kicked a goal-winning goal and they kicked, everyone in the team kicked it out of bounds like 18 times. It was like the record. I think about that game as one of the best in quotation mm. marks, like, rivalry games in a while. Yep. Like, I really enjoyed that one. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think I think being chirpy with your opponent is fine. It's a game. As long as you don't, like... I, I would feel differently if, uh, I don't know who kicked the last goal for Sydney. If they got it to one, they got over 200 and they all went over to someone yeah. and ripped into them. It's, it's a bit different in some circumstances. Or, like... Trying to show it before you get to the goal, looking very silly if you yeah. miss it. Um, but that's funny for me. So what I don't about mind Ash Johnson. Ash Johnson. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, but <laughs> you'll, you'll find the footage if you just look up Ash Johnson on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so he he's not playing seniors at the moment. Um, he's he's playing twos for Collingwood, uh, and he showed someone the footy way too far out from goal to be showing someone the footy. He was, I'm talking he like was just coming minutes. out of defensive fifty. Um, and anyway, off he went for a run, and then didn't bounce the ball properly. Got chased down. Got chased down. It should, pants, probably, should, got probably should have been a leaking free kick turn, but it didn't. The umpire probably was just like, "Nah, mate, you've, you've earned this one." Um, and there's a few like that that it's always really funny. But like I say, one of my favourite moments was Sicily following Danaher all yep. the way back to the goal square after kicking a goal, mm. just asking for a high five from mm. goal assist. Like that's funny. Like, I like that kind of stuff. Like um, as long as it's not like 
Also, Dunstall played mean with Mean spirited, Bur- yeah. Barrett not chirping. I guess he did get chinned a few times, so maybe that was his point. Um, <laughs> I guess the difference is if you're talking about football acts, it's fine. If yeah. you're having to go with their friends or family look, or whatever. I, I probably would have chirped Bolter purely because I was annoyed at the commentator saying how well he was playing and he, he got pants. five goals. He got pants. Um, and they still don't mean the best online. No, I, I, it drove me insane. If, the full, if your direct opponent kicks five goals, it doesn't matter how well you play. Because your main job is to stop them from kicking goals. If I was Vlosten, I would have been ripping out whatever little hair was left, honestly. That's why Brody shaves his head now. Yeah. Brody and Vlosten. They've got, they've got a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, just, it's gone. Not to say Bolt is bad. He's been in our votes a couple of times, but he had a shocker on the weekend. Yeah, I, I think he's very capable of that when he tries to play too much of a running game. It depends on where um, they need him for. Yeah. Um, it's harder for him with Brody and Vlosten both there. playing. Um, yeah, but he, he's not the second coming of Alex Rance, as I think people once thought he was. No. Because he was playing in a very good team. Um, and now that they're struggling a bit more, his performances are a bit over the shot. Whereas Broad and Vlostone are quality defenders, and we keep Genuinely seeing that this good. year. Um, and, yeah, it, it's interesting to see where Richmond are at, because their kids do look good. and It's a wonder if they can get it, get it together enough before the senior players are all off the list, um, or if they'll have to wait for those kids to become the senior players uh, with where they're headed. I think there's a few teams in that boat at the moment. I think Geelong are in a very similar spot uh, of just kind of that transition period of whether you can get the kids to the level that you need mm. before the seniors are gone rather than having to build a whole new team. But we'll see. Um, there's only, what, eight eight weeks of footy left of all the finals? It's exciting. And there's only two teams I'm confident, three teams I'm confident top four. <laughs> mm. uh, and many teams, I think, have a chance of somehow getting in there. And the Bulldogs best Well, I'm glad races. Brisbane came around because early in the year I was very bullish on them and they looked to be yeah, back. So they, Their first few weeks were shaky. Um, and then suddenly they've just when played... When they beat Collingwood, it came back a little bit. Yeah. They've also just played about 10 straight weeks of some of the most exciting mm. football I've seen a team play in a long time. They and Port are playing... Collingwood play exciting football by the nature of the way their games yeah. finish is constantly exciting. And it just seems unsustainable. They proved last year it wasn't. Just kept, and it keep, it's going into this mm-hmm. year. Um, whereas Port and Brisbane are just playing just really good football. And we, and we talked about um, Brisbane grinding out that win against St Kilda last week um, and how un-Brisbane that performance was and something people have criticised Brisbane for for a long time is being unable to defend in those kinds of games when they can't just attack all out. Um, and it might just be the extra side they needed to their game. Um, bringing in players like Wilmot, uh, Payne coming on. Uh, you said youth can do a lot. Coleman is another one you've mentioned this week. I, I really like how Brisbane are playing. Um and I, I look, I loved Brisbane as a kid because they were just one of those teams that didn't matter how dominant they were. They had such iconic players that were so exciting to watch. And I feel like that's where they're at now. I love watching a, especially Ashcroft, but you watch Neil and Dunkley run out of that midfield and it's just mm. so fun to watch. And they play a ruck as a sub every week and still win. I don't know. Like it, just, it flies in the conventions of football, but it works. They've got two of the least consistent key forwards in the comp and somehow they're only consistent together, but they've also got Cameron and McLuggage and Bailey, who will kick three and five goals when they need them as well. So uh, if they don't get it soon, I think questions will start being asked of how long they can be thereabouts. Um, I guess we'll find out a bit more about them. They've got Melbourne at the MCG in a few weeks. I I call a prelim a pass grade for them this year. Um, Winning? No, I think making. I don't have to make the grand final. Um, Because Port and Collingwood are very good. I think they just have to make a prelim this year. My biggest question is the MCG. 
Um, yes. Like I said, they've got Melbourne in two weeks. And then they're playing Collingwood in round 23 and at a, Marvel. There's a very good chance that... Yeah, Collingwood sold a couple of games to Marvel this year. That is because disastrous they were running out for of Brisbane. Cash, as we know. But yeah, it is. Um, because they need that warm-up game. Yeah. Um, but Against th- the, the best of the best this yes. year. I think it's uh, a real shame that we're not seeing that at the MCG because that'll really tell us about Brisbane's final chances. It, it does. It, that is the biggest problem, I think, um, is that... that Well, sorry, the biggest thing in their favour is that whichever team they play in the first week of finals will be probably Collingwood or Port, which means likely the team they play in a prelim, one of those two games won't be at the mm. MCG. There's a very good chance they'll be able to play an interstate game whether they win or lose the first prelim. A first, sorry, qualifying final. Yeah. So they'd be happy with that because it wasn't the case last year when it was Geelong, Melbourne, uh, well, they beat Melbourne at the MCG last year. It also depends. Um, if if Melbourne hold on to fourth, obviously that's another um, potential mm. MCG host. But if an interstate team like Adelaide, which probably won't, but if Adelaide could sneak up that high, that would be huge for yeah. shaping what happens in the finals. It'd be awesome. I'd love to imagine if the, if the Derby qualifying. Yeah, Ooh. second and third. That so would showdown? be insane. So, so that, I, was talk, I was talking to um, Beth about it the other night, the uh, Derby grand final we just missed out on yeah. when Sydney beat Frio. Yeah. Hard, but it pumped him in the end. It didn't matter. But like, how good would that have been? Um, and I feel like we just haven't had any of those big rivalry grand finals. Um, Is that 2015? No, no, no. That was the back like 2006. Weren't we also... In we almost had a derby like. Pre- no, I'm pretty sure the year Did that. Have one that year as well. When Fremantle were doing well in the. Twenty. When they were coming down from yeah. and West Coast were going up to, maybe. Um, but yeah, I feel like we don't get enough of. We haven't really had any rivalry grand finals in in recent years. Mm. Like, Geelong Richmond formed into a rivalry around the era of that, and so did Geelong and Hawthorne kind of rebuilt it. But we haven't had a you know Collingwood Carlton Collingwood Essendon or. Yeah. Uh, obviously, West Coast, Frio, Port Adelaide. We haven't had any of those matchups, and I'd love to see it. Like it I feel like be, that would make an amazing grand final day. Would be insane. Um, even Collingwood, Brisbane, I think, still has enough in it from the hatred from Brisbane uh, and well, Collingwood back the other way. Twenty fifteen, West Coast beat North to go to the grand final. Hawthorne beat Fremantle to go to the grand oh, final. Okay. Um, so we almost had it in a grand final twice. Which, considering Frio's record, impressive. North finished eighth that year. That's crazy. Yeah, they beat Geelong to get there. Not in the finals. No? Geelong didn't make finals that year. Oh, a different year. Because there's another year North... Um, Geelong finished 10th, which is the lowest I've seen them in Yeah, it's ever. the only year they missed. But I think it was the year before maybe that North beat Geelong. Um, and everyone goes off that, you know, Pythagorean ladder. Yeah. It's like, your whatever, expected wins. Um, and that's one of the years they love to use as an example because North would have had more wins than Geelong that year before they made the finals. What a crazy ladder. What a crazy ladder. What year was that? 20... 2015. 15? What are we going? Give me the top eight. Uh, Fremantle, West Coast, one and two. Shit, okay. Hawthorne, third. Sydney, fourth. Richmond, fifth. Western Bulldogs, Adelaide, north. And then sitting right outside were Port and Geelong. Crazy. Um, Richmond went out straight away. That was the era for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did it the next year as well. Uh, and everyone mocked Brennan Gale for his five-year plan. Mm. Hawthorne lost first week to West Coast and then beat them in the grand they final. That. Yeah. yeah. Lost here, beat them there. Wild. Wild. 
All right. Well, we've reached the we've reached the I'm looking former ladders part of the podcast. <laughs> That's probably a good place to leave it for this week. But I'm <laughs> genuinely excited for this weekend's footy. Um, there's so many results that even games that look like they shouldn't be close on paper. I just want to find out before um, we go. Their seasons on the line. Richmond Sydney. Whoever loses that, their season's over. Uh, Bulldogs Collingwood should be a super exciting game if Bulldogs bring their best footy. Um, I just want to Melbourne. I just want great. to correct myself really quickly. And you're going on Sunday to the football. No, I'm passing in the end. You're not going. I've got too much going on. <gasps> uh, I just want to quickly clarify when I said they whoever, lost whoever their loses first that game. Season could be over as well. Richmond lost the first final in mm. 2015. Then they missed finals completely, and then they won the premiership the next year. Good on them. They finished 13th, which is crazy. So the the Sunday twilight time slot, which famously produces some of the best games of the week every week, even though it's where the AFL tries to hide games. Um, <laughs> We're just continuing after the outro this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Freo Carlton, and the game before that is Essendon Adelaide, which yeah. are two of the most Good interesting stuff. games of the weekend. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. We will see you next week. Find us at the back pocket on everything, uh, except for things where it's at the back pocket AU, which is most of them. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. See you next week. See ya.